Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. My name is Alexis Trosa, and I am your host for another special episode of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. As always, this podcast is brought to you by my amazing friends over at Chocaloha. Chocaloha.com will give you 10% off when you use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio at the checkout. You'll get 10% off the entire order. Which is awesome because today they launched a new shirt that looks so fucking sick. It's the their Chocoloha logo, uh, Shaka, with uh, some cool Rasta colors and stuff. It's super dope. Uh, I want to pick one up, but unfortunately right now I'm too busy dealing with the hurricane. And that's going to be partially the main focus of this podcast because I wanted to get a special podcast out before all hell on earth breaks loose so without further ado here's your next episode of jujitsu radio what's up fuckers let's do this so as i said in the intro when i was talking about my awesome sponsor chocoloha um, yeah, I decided to record this last podcast before shit hits the fan. Uh, as most of you know, I live in Florida and Florida right now is in the eye of the demon that is called Hurricane Irma. We've been tracking this hurricane, obviously, for the last uh, week. I kind of had an inkling that this one was going to be a uh, a legit call uh, around Saturday or Sunday. So I got my shopping done a little early. With this one, which is good because it was uh, calm enough for me to not want to murder everybody in the store. If you've never been in a hurricane, um, it's it's kind of a weird vibe to describe to people outside of Florida. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Texas has been hit pretty hard uh, the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, if you watch the news, uh, you'll definitely get an idea of the potential that a storm can bring. And if people don't remember Katrina, Katrina definitely fucked up the city. And it fucked up the country actually for a while because a lot of the resources had to go over there to help the people out. And there was a whole FEMA thing. And there's all kinds of uh, things that you could get into, whether it's political arguments or social arguments as far as the infrastructure of uh, New Orleans and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, what it comes down to is that it fucking sucks. And if people aren't civilized, shit can really go fucking bad. Stuff didn't seem like it went too bad in Houston. I attribute to attribute that to the fact that a lot of people had guns and maybe people there are a little bit more civilized than other parts of the world, such as Florida. Um, if you if you've ever seen a scene in like a zombie movie where people are just kind of frantic in the grocery store trying to grab stuff, okay, think of it this way: think of it black as like Black Friday, uh, the day after or the morning after Thanksgiving, but. Less of fighting, which is the scary part. It's people are more rude to each other, but they're not pushing each other as bad. They're not as frantic, which is now that I think about it, super fucked up. That people are more, uh, I don't know, even like savage, more vicious. They're, people are just more vicious when it comes to getting a deal on fucking the next Tickle Me Elmo doll than they are for food supplies which is kind of scary but it does get pretty bad when it starts getting closer to the hurricane obviously it gets more dangerous if people aren't prepared for the hurricane but anyway it comes down to people are fucking rude people are so rude they don't give a fuck and then you start really realizing how stupid people are like insanely fucking dumb which is what makes me feel so much happier if shit does hit the fan that natural selection will kick in so quickly. Because if you look at it, for everybody in Florida that, that you know, is going through the stadium stuff that I'm going through, 
when stuff really goes bad, you start realizing how dumb some of your friends are or your acquaintances are. The biggest thing that really kind of set things off for me, and it's not really a do or die, like a life or death kind of situation scenario that you have to look at, but it's that stupid Zello app. So somebody at some point in time decided to start a chain mail because I'll get into that in a second. They started a chain post mail, whatever the hell you want to call it, a fucking um, text message saying, oh, download this app. People in Houston used it after the hurricane and it was a lifesaver because it works without any network or Wi-Fi, and it turns your phone into a walkie-talkie. So you don't need to have fucking Wi-Fi, you don't need to have a network, and your phone will still be able to allow you to communicate with other people. Yes, your phone, the piece of technology that literally is based out of whether you're connected to a fucking network or Wi-Fi, suddenly does not need it anymore thanks to this app. And you just now learned about it. Come on, guys. Fucking get your head out of your ass. Take two seconds. Like, Okay, I get it that you do need something to be able to communicate with somebody if, obviously, the the power grid goes down. But fucking, come on. Did, did you really believe that? Do you really, really, really believe that? Like, and if you can't take the two seconds of critical thinking, like, hmm, this app claims... That it'll work when my phone doesn't have any service. So if I'm in New York in the fucking subway, 20 feet, 30 feet underground, it'll still work and I can communicate with my friends all around the world like a walkie-talkie. No, man. It doesn't fucking work that way. It's like, you just think about it like, yeah, maybe I am a fucking idiot for thinking that. You know, I get it. And obviously... Luckily, Comcast is throwing up hotspots, which I also think is kind of funny because they're claiming to give away free hotspots. And if that's the case, um, they have a map set up so you can go look at these hotspots. But if you don't have electricity, I don't think the hotspots work. That I don't know. I can't say that I know that stuff. But a hotspot, I feel, still needs to have some kind of router to push it out there and run off electricity. If it's coming just straight from the satellite where it's like service, then cool, then it works, then go for it. Be sure you go and snapshot, <clears throat> excuse me, the map of where your hotspots are for people that, anyway, are getting caught up in this fucking storm. But the fact that so many people are so fucking dumb to sit there and think that, and then they're sharing the posts, like it's fucking 1994 on AOL Instant Messenger again, where they're just sitting there, oh, if you don't share this with seven other people, you're going to have bad luck and your dick's going to shrink. Like, come on, man. I don't want that. <laughs> but come on, guys. Take two seconds. The, this is what really blows me away is it's 2017. You have technology at your fingertips. You can literally access fucking satellites in space. At your fucking phone. You don't even have to be inside of a fucking NASA like office building. You can literally just be sitting there on the toilet. Picking your butt. Flushing the toilet. And looking at images from the International Space Station. And you still fall for a fucking chain mail sent to fucking you and your grandma. And you both fell for the same thing. Like you should feel pretty stupid. I'm just just saying that. Anyway, clearly this whole stress from the hurricane is kind of fucking with me. I actually just looked it up right before I started the podcast, and I started looking up to see what the updates are, and uh, you know, my thoughts and uh, and uh, prayers. Even though I don't really pray, but whatever, my thoughts go out to everybody that's uh, being affected in. Uh, in the islands, whether it's the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, all those, uh, is it Costa, no, not Costa Rica, sorry, uh, whatever, I'm as bad as the lady that said Mexico, anyway, all over the islands, um, that are, have already been hit, and they're just pretty much torn down, um, hopefully we don't have it anywhere near as bad, supposedly it's going to make that amazing right turn that they can't really explain, that they just bullshit about, 
and uh, it's going to hit us. It's a Category 5 at 180 miles an hour. For those of you who have never witnessed that, like you can't really put that into a description. You have to kind of experience it because it is pretty fucked up. And how you see the videos and stuff online, some stuff might be funny because people are doing stupid shit. It's totally different. It's totally different when you're in the thick of it. Um, tornadoes are pretty bad, but they, you know... They only last a few minutes. They pass over you, and the devastation's pretty bad. But imagine this going on for an entire fucking day where you're just clinging on to whatever you can sit next to and hope that the roof doesn't fly off your house, that something doesn't burst through your window or smash into whatever barricades you have up. You hope and pray that your car is outside still when show's over, that you can manage to go and help friends out or get help if you need help. It's pretty scary, man. Um, I've been, uh, I've been on the phone with people when their fucking roof fell off. I've been in my parents' house when the entire roof flew off. This was years ago. Um, I forget what the hell the hurricane was. I want to say it was like 2007. The last set, the one where we had like eight hurricanes at once. It was just absolute fucking, it was just a shit show. Um, I remember looking out the back window and the, glass the sliding glass door kind of just bent it just did this little wobble look what the fuck is going on and all of a sudden i realized the pressure inside the house changed and the entire roof i just hear this ripping sound i can think of like cloth ripping but slowly and it's just and just thinking what the fuck is that what the fuck is that and then i look and in the backyard the entire roof just flew off it was absolutely fucking crazy. Luckily, the the way that the building, uh, the house was made, um, it didn't damage too much, and we were able to fix things. But it was just absolutely fucking crazy. It was the craziest shit I ever saw. And then we had to go and spend time fixing the roof and doing all this other stuff, and then driving around, seeing the devastation of even though we weren't in the eye of that one, just how fucked up things were. The flooding was so bad just streets just you know two three four feet of water depending on where you are houses roofs blown off windows blown out cars flipped over cars smashed in half oh man i just remember my fucking friend at the time was living in an apartment complex will and he parked his car in the worst possible fucking spot and he had a tank he had a the fuck was he driving I want to say he had some kind of like Lincoln or something. Just one of those tank of cars. And the fucking tree just landed right in the middle <laughs> and smashed it in half. Oh, man. I felt so bad for him, but I remember we couldn't stop laughing. Thank God for fucking insurance. Oh, that's so crazy. But, yeah, it's it's nutty. You know, I laugh about it now, but it's kind of crazy when you realize we went weeks without electricity. All kinds of stuff. It was crazy. Anyway. Hopefully everybody stays safe. Hopefully you have all the shit you need. Um, hopefully you're actually getting to listen to this podcast and your power didn't go out. And if your power did go out, you're still getting to kill some time listening with this podcast. If so, thank you very much. Hope you're staying safe. Uh, but don't do anything stupid, guys. We got to go back to training next week. You know, hopefully everything stays fine. And uh, if anything does happen, please make sure you check in with your friends. Make sure that you try and help people out. Like I said, people have been so fucking egotistical and just so self-righteous on all this stuff. Excuse me. I almost got into a fight at Target with some guy who thought it was okay to cut three lanes of traffic in front of me. Flip me off because he thought he was never going to see me again. And lo and behold, we're standing face-to-face in the aisle at Target, both looking for... For water and food. Hmm. Yeah. Luckily, I had other priorities at the time. Good for him. Anyway, let's get talking about jujitsu and MMA because there's been a lot of shit going down lately. And the thing so far that I've seen has been kind of got people in a in a tizzy, if you will, was the fact that Demi Lovato got her blue belt. Now, first of all, I always hate when people get into the whole conversation, oh, that person doesn't deserve their belt, this person doesn't deserve their belt, and this, that, and the other bullshit. Like, okay, sometimes it is agreeable, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's just your own ego. Like, I've been in it before, I just don't give a shit anymore. 
yes, there's a lot of people that get their belts when they're not supposed to. And there's a lot of fake black belts. And there's a lot of, you know, blue belts and purple belts and brown belts, whatever, you know. On this one, though, as much as I try to stay out of it, I'm going to have to call bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. And I'll give you the reasons why. Now, if the information that I found online was correct, because I do remember when she first started. Um, clearly, Demi Lovato has been uh, writing that uh, that UFC penis. She has been writing the, uh, you know, the gotta gotta bang a fighter. She got into like an MMA craze and she decided to start, you know, dating MMA fighters and stuff like that. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Whatever you know, it's your right as a human being to. Whatever turns you on, that's what you go for. However, you started jiu-jitsu from what I saw in July of 2016. You got your blue belt in September, late August of 2017. That's one year. Now, okay, some people get their blue belt in a year. I don't know if Keenan Cornelius and Marcelo Garcia and all these other people got their blue belts in one year. I'm not going to sit there and compare her to that. Now, that's how I make my my comparisons. Like, hmm, how long did it take for so-and-so to get a belt? It took me two and a half years, three years to get my blue belt. And that's just because I had to switch schools and all this other stuff. So I can't really sit there and compare it to that. However, it, it was not an entire fucking year of training. Now, far be it for me to tell anyone like Jay Glazer and Randy Couture who own the gym that she trains at what they're fucking doing. But let's fucking call the bullshit where it's at. Demi Lovato has been training for one year. Meh, not really because guess what? She went on tour in August. September, something like that, of 2016. And I think I get the right to say this because I worked in the music industry for 15 years. I've been on tour. If you're going on a world tour, you're not training three times a fucking week. And you're not going to come back home after being on the road for two or three months where you only have like two or three weeks. You're not going to be running to go train jujitsu. You're not going to be like, oh, let me just go fucking train jujitsu three times a week. No, it doesn't really fucking work that way. You're going to be fucking dead. And then you got to deal with a whole bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to be doing interviews. You're going to be doing prep for the tour. So you're going to have to, especially someone like that, where you're probably going to have some kind of choreography or whatever it is that she does. I don't fucking really listen to her music. But I'm pretty sure she does choreography. And guess what? That's a lot of fucking rehearsal time. And if you're rehearsing 8, 10 hours a day, you're not going to have the energy to go fucking train jiu-jitsu. If you do, more power to you. Anyway still comes down to she wasn't training for a year. She was out on the road for a few months. Comes back in Christmas because nobody tours during Christmas. You might do a couple of random shows here and there. You probably performed in random places. Don't believe me? Google that shit because you can find anybody's old tour dates and you can see where they were. Now, the dates that you find aren't always the ones that are publicized because a lot of people do private gigs. So those are going to be publicized. You're not going to sit there and schedule out. The, all the interviews you did if you decided to go on fucking Good Morning America or you had to go up to, you know, New York or L.A. or this, that, and the other. Just saying. Your schedule wasn't as fucking blatant as you make it out to be. So, with that being said, maybe out of the entire year, she was probably training three months total. And if you're still going three times a week, two hours a day, for the three months, I don't know, that's probably what, 30, 40 sessions, more than that, 50 tops. Let's say it's 50 tops. So that's 100 hours of jiu-jitsu. We're not fucking talking about yoga. Now, here's the real kicker, and nobody fucking pointed this out. Is it strange to me that Demi Lovato was supposed to open and you know do the performance for the Conor Mayweather fight? And she just was going to be all over the TV. And the couple of days before she leaves, she gets her belt. Mm. I'm wondering who got all the exposure for giving someone her blue belt as a, you know, non-boxer going to 
a boxing match performing. Hmm. Come on. Really? That's super fucking cheap, man. That's super cheap. That is so fucking cheesy of fucking marketing. And it's just like you're just using somebody, which I'm sure Demi is probably used to being used for marketing. But it's so fucking cheap, especially because she's in such a good position to do so much for jiu-jitsu exposure-wise that it's, I'm sure there's a lot of people like, oh, Demi Lovato did jiu-jitsu. What's this? What's that? And it sucks that the first thing people see when they type that up is probably going to be a lot of people trolling on forums and on uh, Facebook posts and saying, oh, well, that's a bullshit belt and this, that, and the other. They might be turned away at the aggression, but again... People bust their ass to get where they are in jiu-jitsu. Most people. Even with the politics, you have to still play that card. But to sit there and fucking blatantly use someone as free advertising for your gym because you train her. And you you can call me out on this all you want. You can say I'm just being a dick. But Jay Glazer was not even at the fucking gym when she was about to get her belt. Fucking flew all the way back to his gym because he wasn't in town just to give her her blue belt. How many fucking white belts do you know that had their fucking coach who was out coaching some other professionals doing his own fucking thing say, I better go back because Mikey is getting his fucking blue belt. He comes in three times a week. No, fuck you, man. Fuck that. Let's be honest here, right? I mean, I've had it where, you know, professors don't even come to my fucking tournaments, let alone come in like for like your belt like come on dude i wonder how many people got their belt without homeboy fucking being there for the ceremony really fuck you man and then at least fucking if you're willing to put that out there where you kind of make it and let's be honest it was kind of like a press release i mean she posted it out there it's gonna get traction all you want but you fucking made it blatant to to sit there and throw that out there like at least have the balls to put footage of her training so you can show that she's a legit blue belt. If she's a legit blue belt, I'll fucking eat my words. I'll take my medicine, shut the fuck up. But And I'm not knocking Demi Lovato with this at all. I give her credit for training. I think it's awesome. I would love to train with her just to say that I train with her because I would train with anybody. Um, but don't fucking sit there and use someone, you fucking scumbag, just because they're a celebrity. Just to say, oh, I fucking gave her her blue belt, bruh, bruh, bruh. I wonder how, like, come on, man. Fuck that. That's bullshit. And even then, it's like, okay, you get your blue belt. Let's say it was private one-on-one classes. Two hours a day? You're really going to spend two hours? I don't know that many, like, professors that'll spend two hours with one person. They'll usually say, oh, that's one hour. Like, I mean, that's just me, man. Whatever. I just think it's like a bullshit ploy, and it's, like, it's pretty fucking scummy. Like if you're if you're on the the road eight months out of the year and you're telling me that she's training three times a week, fuck you. You're so full of shit. And be honest, just say that you're exploiting someone for their celebrity pull so you can get more people coming to your gym and you can get more attention. Let's just be honest with that. Anyway, um, just to show you guys also how much the this hurricane is impacting jujitsu. Um, AJ Souza, who has his academy down in. Uh, not Coral Springs, down down south from me, I think about 30 minutes, um, Coconut Creek, the hell's the city, Fort Lauderdale, he's in Fort Lauderdale, anyway, uh, he was supposed to compete this weekend at the ACB, uh, BJJ, or I'm sorry, the Absolute Champion uh, Berkut Jiu-Jitsu Tournament, uh, which is actually a really cool tournament, they're doing a really good uh, push for Jiu-Jitsu, they're being a real positive push for Jiu-Jitsu, so you guys should definitely check them out. Anyway, uh, AJ had to pull out of the uh, the tournament because, obviously, he doesn't want to leave his family um, with this hurricane because how serious it is. And I give credit to uh, ACB, JJ, that they were so supportive and understanding, and, you know, they managed to get a replacement for him. It's actually going to be a really good tournament. Um, I hope that I'll still have power and Wi-Fi to uh, check it out because there's some cool people that are some good fighters on there. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Davi Ramos is on there. Edwin Najmi and Claudio Colasant. I mean, those those names alone make it worth watching the, the tournament. So it's cool. You know, it sucks. I mean, I definitely know what AJ's going through. So, you know, hopefully, like I said, that the this uh, hurricane will die down once it hits 
uh, Florida and some of the other islands, it'll slow down. After, like I said, I just looked it up. They're predicting that it's going to slow down a little bit to a Category 4. Category 5 is no joke. Um, for people that know any kind of history, um, I was actually here. It's like my first year in Florida when Hurricane Andrew hit. And uh, it fucked up Florida. This hurricane, Hurricane Irma, is bigger than Andrew. Um, it's about... 400-something miles, 480-something miles across the uh, the hurricane. And from Miami to Florida, or to Florida, my, from Miami to, I want to say it was Tallahassee, is 400 miles. So it basically covers up the entire state. This one hurricane is going to affect the entire state one way or another. But if you're in that trail of where the eye is going to be, we're going to be pretty much fucked. So hopefully it's not as bad and hopefully everybody's prepared. Um, you know, there's a, like a lot of shit going on as far as MMA. Actually, that's a good part. Uh, the hurricane was supposed to hit around late Friday, early Saturday, and it slowed down a little bit. That or just meteorologists really don't know what the fuck they're doing because they don't even know if it's going to rain today, let alone where a fucking hurricane is going to be five days from now. But... Um, the UFC fight, UFC 215, is this weekend, Saturday. And I'm actually pretty excited about it. And the The prelims aren't that good, but the main card is actually pretty fucking dope. I really, really want to see Amanda Nunez fight um, Shevchenko. The fight that was supposed to happen months ago, but Nunez got sick with uh, sinusitis. As someone who has sinusitis, I totally understand how fucked up it is. Um, whether that's what really happened or not, that is not my place to to assume. Um I saw Amanda a couple of weeks after that, and for sure she looked like she was ready to fight. I saw her a couple of weeks before, and a couple of weeks after she looked like she was ready to fight. So I wouldn't think that's someone that was making any kind of excuses to dodge a fight. Uh, but anyway, it makes this card better because Mighty Mouse, which is now Demetrius Mighty Johnson, which is fucking hilarious, and now you got to call him Mighty Johnson, um, is uh, going for his record fight of... 11 consecutive title defenses, which is absolutely insane considering the fact that the UFC is not promoting him at all, at fucking all, which is sad because he's a legit fighter. He is an awesome fighter. I got to meet him. I got to see him uh, fight uh, Ian McCall when the UFC came down to Florida years and years ago. Super nice guy. Super cool. Uh, if you ever watched him on his Twitch channel, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, I think, honestly, the only reason why he doesn't get that much attention, he doesn't get that much pull, is that he's not a shit talker. And the little couple of times that he has talked shit has not been anything crazy. It hasn't been anything that's not reasonable to say about someone that you're about to beat up. But, you know, if you listen to any other podcasts where they're talking about the fight, it's the guy just doesn't have the it factor personality-wise that attracts people. And plus, it's small fighters. Let's be honest. You're not going to sit there and want to watch 125-pounders beat the shit out of each other when there's guys weighing 220 beating the shit out of each other. Very more likely that the big guys are going to knock each other out. It's more likely that the girls are going to knock each other out than it is for these 125ers. I mean, I know if they punch me, I'd probably get knocked out. But, you know, it's... It's a it's the truth that lies in the room. It's the elephant. Nobody wants to mention it. It's just nobody's going to want to watch a couple of guys. And look, Mighty Mouse is just technique-wise, he's a perfect fighter. He's awesome. Technique, vision, everything is there. It's just boring to watch it because you know it's not going to be as likely that someone's going to get knocked out. And okay, and it's also the fact that he is so much better than everybody else. That there's not even a chance of like, oh, he might have slipped up. Like even Anderson Silva was good, but he still got taken down by Chael Sonnen. You know, he still had to kind of fight people. You know, you remember when, well, most of us remember when Anderson got leg locked before he went into the UFC. And then his streak really started. But, you know, he was invincible, but he still got tagged. That's the thing. Um, Mighty Mouse just... He's just too good, man. So it's going to be a good card. Who else is on that card? Let me see. I know there's a couple of good people. Um, 
I'm, I mean, granted, I'm interested in this card, but I'm really interested in next week because Gilbert's fighting, Luke Rockhold's fighting in Pittsburgh. That's going to be a sick fight. Hopefully, I'll have electricity back by then so I can actually watch that fight. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and everybody's kind of flipping out about, and I know I'm going to get shit for this. I really don't care. Is Ben Askren talking about retiring? Now, I've said it before. I think Ben Askren is extremely overrated as a fighter. I think he's a good fighter, but he's totally overrated. He's a fucking wrestler. He's just overrated. And granted, he's undefeated, but you have to look at who he's fought. So people say, oh, look at the list of people he fucking fought. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, you, I did. And you know what? I took notes because of how much I'm really annoyed at how much attention he's getting now. So he made a whole fucking stink that the UFC didn't want him. And Dana White said, you know, get more experience than come talk to me after he was doing all this stuff and Bellator and whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, he fought a couple of good names, but the biggest fighter that he fought was Douglas Lima. He beat Lima. Then Lima went to the UFC and has been on a streak in the UFC. Um, but who is he fighting now? He's going to fight Shinya Aoki. And then he's going to call his retirement fight. Which is actually kind of bad for him. Because Ben Askren is a grappler. And he's going to do the same old fucking boring thing. Where he's just going to take people down. And just try and grapple them. Like Shinya Aoki, even though he's getting old. He's still a good grappler. He's won the last couple of fights with submissions. But I mean, okay. So you're going to fight Aoki. He's a star name. Yes, but... He's fought maybe once a year, maybe less. He hasn't really fought MMA that much. Like, come on, dude. Like, if you're going to say you're the best, like, fight names. And here's the other thing. So, Ben Askren is undefeated. I want to say 20% because of how good he is and 80% because of when he fought his opponent. Almost every single person that he's fought has been either their fourth or their fifth fight in the same number of months. So guys, because this is, granted, it was Bellator in their tournament that they were doing. So guys were fighting January, February, March. April, they were fighting Ben Askren. And Ben didn't, like, he only once had that streak where it was like three months in a row that he was fighting. Other, other times, he just had plenty of fucking time to rest. So these guys were going month after month after month, cutting weight, going to fight. Couldn't wait going to fight. So you don't really have any fucking break, nor did you really have a good camp. So, okay, so you beat guys that were fucking exhausted. Like, uh, who did he fight? Um, he fought uh, Thompson, right? He fought Thompson, who was off a four-fight loss streak, and it was a f- his first fight in a year. So, and he got KO'd every fight before that. So, like, dude, oh, how are you going to tell me you're the best when, like, you're fucking beating guys that are exhausted and he's fighting once a year? Like, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay Heron. He beat Jay Heron after he fought three months in a row. Um, he beat Andre Koreshkov, who fought five times that year. And Ben was his sixth fight that year. So you still want to tell me I'm the best ever. Okay, dude. You're the fucking asshole that shows up to open mat like three quarters of the way through and you pick the guy that's been rolling hard since the beginning buzzer. And then you say, I'm the fucking best at the gym. I'm like, okay, bud. Whatever you say, dude. Um, let's see. He beat Suzuki. Suzuki was fighting once a year. Okay, there's another easy win for you, bud. Um, it's... It's so stupid. So, like, if you look at the numbers, like, okay, he's good. But he's won most of them by decision, so they are all been boring fights. Of course, the UFC is not going to want to watch that. He's fighting guys that are exhausted, and you're still taking them to decision. So how good are you if you're taking a guy who's fought five other times that year, almost in a row, and you beat him by decision? I may be wrong about that, but even then, like, it's... How does that fucking work? How does that make you the best? Like, it doesn't really fucking work that way, dude. 
So for me, Ben Askren is completely way too overrated. He's getting way too much attention. And there's a reason why he's not in the UFC and never was in the UFC. Like, plain and simple. Like, it's just the way that it is. And I give him credit for, you know, finally saying, like, fuck this. I'll just go to 1FC, whatever, and fight there. Like, I give you credit. Like, he didn't bow down to the man. He went his own way. But... As far as telling me Ben Askren is one of the best of all time that didn't get to go into the UFC, like, no. His shit doesn't work that way, man. Like, if CM Punk can get into the UFC and you can't, then there's a couple of things wrong. And whether it's, you know, the the boring factor because you just grind out stuff and you just take people down and just lay on them, or you're just not as good as you think you are because you never tested yourself with real fighters, I mean... That's not on anybody else but you, man. And to sit there and ask to be called like one of the best of all time for anybody to consider him one of the best of all time is a fucking joke. It's just a joke. Um, but that's just me, man. That actually kind of like pissed me off a little bit. And it's always bugged me that people want to consider him such a good fucking fighter, but just not the case. Um, oh, I do have a couple of things. So I threw up on uh, online if people wanted to ask me a couple of questions. That I would answer them. And uh, one of the questions was actually from Andy Stock from Novagenics. What's up, Andy? I don't know why you're asking me questions. You're the black belt. But I'll give you my opinion, bud. And what Andy asked me is tips for training or drilling even though you're hunkering down for a hurricane. Which is actually pretty good. It's a good question. If you have the space in your house. Um, obviously, if your house hasn't been blown away. And you can sit there and drill. If you have anybody to drill with, dude, go for it, man. Throw some arm bars up. And if anything, even better, because if you have like a tight space, you can drill all kinds of moves that are even just grips. That's one thing that I always like to do Like uh, when I'm not in the gym and I'm just kind of hanging out. I always try and analyze making grips with people, especially friends. Like I know it's not going to get anything bad, but I'll go for a wrist. And then see how they react. And then think about how I'm going to react. And just go from there. Because the hand game is so is so critical in jiu-jitsu. I always like to test people. See like, okay, how are you going to react? Even if it's somebody that has no training in martial arts whatsoever. It's cool to see the natural reaction of somebody. Because then you either say, okay, well this person doesn't know anything. Or this person might have, they might do something weird. Where it's like, oh, I never saw that. Maybe that might actually work if I did it where I tried to pull my arm away from somebody or this, that, and the other. So it's always kind of cool to see what exactly the reactions of people are. That's just something that I do. That's why I always like fucking with people. Um, But if you have space in your house, in the garage, and you can do it, man. I mean, just remember, you might end up not having any power and you can't take a shower afterwards. And then you're going to be stuck like that, so... Keep that in mind. And you also don't want to actually roll, my opinion. You don't want to roll unless it's someone that you really, really, really trust. Because, God forbid, you break your arm or you break something. And then you're stuck in the middle of a hurricane. No painkillers, no hospital, no nothing. Have fun with that one, bud. But, yeah, Andy, thanks for at least uh, messaging me, man. Thank you very much for uh, for being part of the podcast. I had a lot of people uh, actually contact me about the Novagenics podcast. Uh, and uh, it's pretty cool to see that, you know, obviously I'm not the only one that's interested in the uh, the procedure, uh, in the, the science behind it specifically, because it is something that at one point or another everyone's going to have to pay attention to. And, you know, you might need it. You Just because you don't need it now doesn't mean that you might not need it later. And if it does happen, you can say, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, maybe I'll hit up these guys and ask them. So once again, Thank you very much to the guys at Novagenics. And actually, it was Tim Bruce's birthday yesterday, uh, which was September 6th. So, happy birthday, Tim. Too bad I wasn't on the podcast. That would have been fun, but happy birthday. And congratulations to your student who got the black belt. There was photos uh, all over the internet the next day. So, uh, kudos to him. Sorry, I forgot your name, bud. I just... uh, you know, i got a lot of stuff going on. And then I actually had another question that was actually kind of funny from my good friend Ellen in New York who uh, who actually got started in jiu-jitsu. You're welcome. Um, and she posed a question 
that was mathematical and I suck at math, but I still thought it was actually kind of interesting. And she asked, how many shrimps would it take to get from Miami to Alabama? Now, she didn't specify what city in Alabama. So I just went and assumed Montgomery since it's the capital of Alabama. Just in case you need to know next time you're on Jeopardy, you're welcome. Um, from Miami. All right. If you guys catch me off on my math, go ahead and let me know. Hit me up on uh, on Instagram, Jiu-Jitsu Radio on Instagram. From Miami to Montgomery, Alabama, 678 miles. I rounded up a little bit just because it's like 677.6, whatever. All that bullshit. It's 678 miles, right? That's, if I did this right, 3,579,840 feet from Miami to Montgomery, Alabama. Now, assuming that you're doing, you're moving two feet per shrimp, if you hear the papers, because I did write it down. Fuck you, don't laugh at me. Assuming that you're moving two feet per shrimp, it would take you 1,789,920 shrimps. Now, if your ass isn't raw, (laughs) by the time you get to Orlando, I don't know what's going on. But, yes, to answer your question, Ellen, if you were to shrimp from Miami, Florida to Montgomery, Alabama, it would be 1,789,920 shrimps. Now, I'll see your question and take it a step further. If you're moving at 10 shrimps per minute, that's 20 feet per minute, it would be, what did I write here? I don't even know what the fuck I wrote. Uh, 20 feet a minute, that means you're moving at 0.22 miles per hour. So at 0.22 miles per hour, if you were to go nonstop, it would take you 3,082 hours to shrimp from Miami to Alabama. You're welcome next time you're on Jeopardy. Jeez, excuse me. That was was rude. Anyway, I just thought this would be kind of cool to throw it up there. Where am I at? I'm already at 40 minutes. Shit, I must be boring the shit out of everybody. Look, guys, a hurricane's no fucking joke. Um, and there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that people need to pay attention to. All I can tell you, man, is if shit really hits the fan, whether it's fun to see like, you know, zombie apocalypse movies and shit like that, let's be honest, 90% of you motherfuckers aren't surviving, whether it's because you have absolutely no survival instincts or you have no critical thinking skills. Or you just have no skills whatsoever as far as it's whether catching food or um, even something as simple as knowing that you can't fucking drink salt water. You'd be surprised how many people don't know that you can't drink salt water or that you have to actually, you know, purify water before you drink it out of a river. Otherwise, you get uh, Giardia, I think, right? Yeah, Giardia. Little things like that alone, oh my God. God, it would just clean out the gene pool so quick. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that know that stuff that also shouldn't be in the gene pool. But guess what? They still got better genetics, evidently. So, whatever. But it's absolutely mind-boggling to see how stupid people are. People freaking out over bottles of water before anything happens. And then you're complaining that there's no bottled water at the supermarket. Like, hey, dummy. You pay a monthly bill, so your fucking faucet runs. Unless you're from Flint, Michigan, you shouldn't have any problems getting water. Okay, you need a container. Guess what? You might not be able to find bottled water, but I guarantee you, you're going to find a shit ton of Tupperware sports bottles stuff that you can sit there and put your water into. Even go buy Ziploc bags and, I mean... You got to do what you got to do to survive. In whatever container you possibly have that you can put in the fridge and walk around with, you're good. But the fact that people were fighting over bottled water as if like they can't go home and fill up a container, absolutely fucking mind-blowing. It is so crazy. So to me, that says if shit hit the fan, and let's say for whatever reason, everything's empty. There's no more grocery stores. You're fucked. You're fucked. Granted, then you also can't use the sink. But, I mean, 
that alone shows you didn't have the the process to sit there and think like I can get water at home until a certain time. And I guarantee you those people aren't using their sink right now that we still have power, we still have water. They're already cracking open their bottles of water. Fuck, people are so dumb, man. They're so dumb. I just, I look, and I can't say anything because I have, I can do a certain amount. If I had to go and hunt, I could probably get away with it. I could get pretty far. I'd probably fuck up a little, the first few times when it comes down to like prepping the animal, but I know enough people that can teach me. We get a good zombie apocalypse team going. Uh, fucking Negan's going to have nothing on us. But it's so crazy, man. If you sit down and you look like, all right, think about it this way. Just imagine yourself, all right, I am stuck in the wilderness alone. This is what I need to do to survive. First, I need to get water. Then I need to get shelter. Then I need to get food. Why in that order? Because you can survive a good amount of time without food. But you can only survive, I think, like seven days without water. Right? So I would rather, if if you need shelter, obviously, then otherwise it's food, it's water, food, shelter. But if you get shelter, if you get water, then shelter, then food, you're pretty good, man. I think you're set for a while. Speaking of survival, if you guys want to see um, something really, really cool as far as what it would take to be a survivalist, at the very, very bare minimum, I'm trying to uh, bring it up right now. Give me one second. Look up the YouTube channel called Primitive Technology. Uh, and the guy's also got a uh, a website. Uh, let me see what it's called. I know it's a WordPress website. It's primitivetechnology.wordpress.com. And I think this guy lives out in Australia. But basically, it's, it is such an interesting YouTube channel. It's so crazy. The guy says absolutely nothing. He does not speak a single word. It's just him out in the woods. And he literally goes from working with just anything that's available in nature and it shows you like how to build shelter how to start a fire how to catch fish how to like make sandals if you need to how to make a uh, a blower for a furnace how to make charcoal and he does everything he literally built like this tiny little like property little house he like teaches you how to plant so you have consistent food. But it is so incredible how interesting this is. And the guy doesn't say a single word. He'll have a couple of things like typed up at the bottom, which is awesome. Uh, it is in English. But it is so crazy to see like, damn, if I got caught in the wilderness where shit just hit the fan and I would just wake up in the middle of the woods one day. Like maybe you'd be able to figure stuff out. Most people wouldn't. Like what kind of clay to use, how to find the clay, like where would you find the clay that you can make a bowl out of, or where would you find the clay to make the, um, you know, to make a fire pit, or to, or how would you even get charcoal, it's so crazy, I just get, tell anybody, if you got 15 minutes to kill, go and check this out, but I guarantee you it's going to end up being an hour, two hours, where you're just going to be staring at this YouTube channel, because of how good it is, and how interesting it is. If you're interested in any of that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool to see what you can do with absolutely just the things that are around you in nature. And you're not talking about a hunting show. This isn't like fucking um, Ted Nugent shooting fucking pigs out from a helicopter. This is legit survival out in the middle of the woods. He makes a hut out of mud with a fucking furnace. Covers it up with uh, with palms and stuff like that. He, It's so crazy. It's just worth a watch. It's so worth a watch for like a day or two. It's just so good. And uh, he kind of grows. Like you can see him moving from like a mud age, like a, a primitive age to now being able to get metal and iron out of the stuff that he burns. It's crazy. It's really cool. I'm curious to see where it's going to go in the next year or two. But... I think that's it, man. I'm about to be an hour. Hopefully, things die down with the hurricane. Um, be sure to check up on each other if you're here in Florida. Uh, and I hope I didn't bore you guys too much. I had a fucking blast actually doing this one. 
There's a lot that I need to get off my chest, and there's a lot going to happen in MMA in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, everybody stays safe. Thank you again to Chocoloha for sponsoring the podcast. Please, guys, take the time to follow me on Instagram. Send out any shout-outs that you want. Go to Chocoloha.com. Use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio. And please check out my blog, MyCosmicJourney.com. There you'll find my blogs, my videos, my photos from MMA fights and training sessions and stuff that I photographed with uh, the pros. And I also have a lot of my photography and artwork up there. Please, if you guys want to support the podcast, support me, please feel free to purchase a photo. You can get it on anything from a shirt to a shower curtain. I had a friend purchase one of my photos to put up as a shower curtain, uh, and she said she loved it. And... uh, You know, anything you guys can support me so I can keep on making this podcast for you so I can keep on getting awesome people like the guys at Novagenics, like Herbert and Gilbert and Gilbert's fighting next week. So make sure you're telling him good luck and support his fight. Same thing with Luke Rockhold. Luke's fighting next week and he's been busting his ass training. Um, Go support these guys, man. If you if you're kind enough to support me, thank you very much. I'll be more than happy to give you guys a shout out on the show. And if you're local, I'd be more than happy to even get you on the podcast itself. But anyway, guys, my name is Alexis. Please follow me on Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Check out my company, Sonder Marketing, on Instagram. Check out my blog, MyCosmicJourney.com, along with all my photography. Thank you guys for the support. I can't say thank you enough every time I will say it just because of just the outpour of messages that I get and to see how much this podcast is growing into the hundreds every week it's um it's pretty cool honestly it's a lot of fun and i'm hoping to to pull a couple of strings in the next couple of weeks and start playing some music and things like that anyway i'll shut the fuck up now because i gotta go make dinner and finish getting ready for this fucking hurricane so stay safe guys thank you very much for your support hit me up on jujitsu radio or my or my cosmic check out the company sonder marketing check out chocoloha.com And I'll catch you guys next time. Hopefully, I don't die in this hurricane. Wow, that's kind of deep and fucked up. All right, I'll catch you guys later.